If you want to take your seat, you may. If you're in a place of encounter with the Lord, please stay there. Don't leave that place. Please stay in that place of encounter if you, if you need to. Stay there. Jesus, we worship you. Isn't he lovely? Wonderful counselor. Oh, Jesus is worthy of all of our time, all of our praises, all of our attention. He is worthy. If you have your Bibles with you, please go with me to Luke chapter uh, 7. And we're going to read from verse 36. 36. My brother just sent me a picture of his hands filled like covered with glitter, gold glitter. And I'm like, whoa. He said, yeah, this just happened um, after I made up some presents for people. He says, I don't understand. I'm looking for that gold dust all the time and then... He made a joke. I know. When we're in presence, when people are drunk, they don't usually catch the joke immediately. <laughs> it's good to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can everybody hear me clearly at the back, in the front? Uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Do I need to roll the R maybe? Can you hear me? Okay, if you can hear me, is that good? Okay, cool. I'll roll the R because we're in Uppington. Here, we don't always speak English very delicious and we tell people questions. Okay? <laughs> Luke chapter 7, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. This morning I came in 6 o'clock. I was here and I was going through the building and praying a little bit and, and I thought maybe I should just go through what I felt like the Lord gave me and I've preached on this many times before so maybe you've heard me preach on this but I'm going to do it again I promise you it's fresh it's from the Bible and, um, and I literally opened up and I started reading four verses in and I'm weeping and I'm going Lord this is too good I'm not going to go on like I'm going to be a wreck if Werner walks into this place now I'm going to be so undone so I'm just going to stop and wait so please bear with me I don't know what's going to happen so if I start weeping, just weep with me. Luke chapter 7 from verse 36, Passion Translation. Afterward, Simeon, a Jewish religious leader, asked Jesus to his home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation. Let's just stop there quickly. You need to know that even if a complete, complete unbeliever invites Jesus, 
he'll accept the invitation. Just, just based on that. Like, if anyone invites Jesus, he'll come. He is eager to come to your house. When he went in to Simeon's house, he took the place at the table. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets, known to all to be a prostitute. When she heard that Jesus was at Simeon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader, and in front of all the guests, she knelt at the feet of Jesus. Get this. The elite of the town invited the famous Jesus to come to the house. And while everybody is sitting at the table, a prostitute, an immoral woman at the time that was unclean, that is not supposed to be there, walks straight into the house with one year's wages. Twelve months of pay and one bottle that is how costly that alabaster oil was. One year's wages. She was a prostitute. So imagine how many men had to sleep with her in order to get... And she comes and she pours it out on Jesus' feet in front of everyone. Now you can imagine these religious leaders, all prim and proper, dressed up in their fancy clothes. We have all the elite and rich people of the town in our house and now this immoral woman walks in and pours out the oil upon the feet of Jesus. Broken and weeping, she covered his feet with tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over she kissed Jesus' feet. Then, as an act of worship, she opened a flask and anointed his feet with costly perfume. When Simeon saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. I posted a picture yesterday of probably a Muslim guy here on, on a piece of cardboard praying to his Muslim God. And it touched my heart because Christians won't even do that. And you know, if you go to the comment section of the picture, it's Christians. And the only thing they can say is, that's a Muslim. That's a Muslim. Muslims do that. And in my heart, I thought to myself, man, did you even spend one hour in prayer today? Did you, on your job, take off your shoes, had a little piece of cardboard there, and went flat on your face and prayed at your job? Or didn't you have time? Because you had a responsibility. And Christians get into the comment section with their lofty words to say, but well, that's a Muslim. Now, I understand. I do understand. But it touched my heart that someone would pray to a dead God who's not alive, an idol, whatever they do. But it's not Jesus. The Bible says the only way to heaven is through Christ. And we who say and claim that we are Christians have a God that is so much alive and we don't even give him an hour of our time a day. People say, I don't give my 10% to the church, I give 10% of my time. Well, did you spend two hours and 40 minutes, 24 minutes this morning in prayer? Every day? Two hours, 24 minutes every day in prayer and in worship 
and in reading the Bible, then you have given 10% of your day to Jesus. They're lying. Here's a woman, immoral, unclean, according to the law and according to the leaders that were there. And the only thing that Simeon saw was, this man cannot be a true prophet. Like he didn't even see what was happening. You know, there's a song um, of Cecil Williams, and his name is Alabaster Jar. And I listened to that song this morning and I wept. She comes to a point where she, where she, she sings, you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. You weren't there the night he found me when, he's wrapped, when he wrapped his loving arms all around me. You don't know the cost. Go listen to that song. It's so anointed. But he has a woman, and the only thing that Simeon thought was, this cannot be a real prophet. He didn't even see what was happening in that place. He didn't even see in the moment that there was someone broken that knew that if she would only come to Jesus, she would give him everything that she had. She would give herself to him completely, pouring out all that she worked for, even though it was immoral money, immoral wages, she poured it out everything upon him because she knew he was the only one that could help her. She knew it. She knew he's the only one that can forgive her. She knew it. And she did not care what anyone thought of her. Like she couldn't care. A, she, could, she just couldn't care one bit what a religious leader or the elite of the town would think. I'm telling you, there's probably people at that table that have slept with that woman. And here she is, pouring out everything on the feet of Jesus. When Simeon saw what was happening, he thought this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. Jesus said, you know what Jesus said? He said, Simeon, I have a word for you. <laughs> like Jesus was always operating, operating in words of knowledge, in prophetic, and like in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He knew exactly what Simeon was thinking. And he said, Simeon, I have a word for you. And like, most in the modern day today is when someone says, hey, I have a word for you. The first thing you go, stop, stop. I want to get my phone and put it on a record quickly. I want to listen to what, what you're saying because there's a prophet that has a word for me. And Simeon goes, go ahead, teacher. I want to hear it. Like he's so excited. I want to hear this word. And then Jesus goes on and says, verse 41, it's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000. Well, they put it in the Passion Translation in dollars. And the other one, let me just see here quickly. The Greek uh, text uses um, the term denarius. So that's what they had back then. $100,000 and the other only owed $10,000. When it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind banker graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them all they owed. Tell me, Simeon, which of the two debtors would be more thankful? Which one would love the banker most? Simeon answered, I suppose it would be the one with the greater debt forgiven. You're right, Jesus agreed. Then he spoke to Simeon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Do you see this woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as your guest, you didn't think about offering me 
water to wash the dust of my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with a customary kiss of greeting, but from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven of all of her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, All your sins are forgiven. All the dinner guests said among themselves, Who is the one who can even forgive sins? Now they are worrying about, Is he even one? That, wow. Then Jesus said to the woman, Your faith in me has given you life. Now you may live and walk in the ways of peace. Many of us are like Simeon. You know what we do? We invite Jesus into our lives and then we give Him a place at the table. We invite Jesus to come into our house and we say, Jesus, please sit at that table. And then we invite all of our friends to come see Jesus sitting at the place of the table. But then there are some of us that won't even hesitate to walk into, into the place where Jesus is, meet Him at the table, and give Him all of our attention. Giving everything that we are. Giving our finances, our marriages, our homes, our lives. Everything giving it to Him. Not just a place at a table, but everything. Some people give Jesus a place just to sit close enough. And just say, Jesus, please sit at the table. We have some business to do. But then there's people that say, I don't want Jesus to sit at the table. I want to be as close to Jesus as I possibly can, to a place where I can literally weep on His feet, wash His feet with my many tears, and dry it with my hair. To a point where the fragrance of Jesus is now on me, and my fragrance is upon Him. And we smell like one another. Like to a point where I walk out of that place of presence, and people can literally smell Jesus' fragrance on my body, on my life. Because the Bible says we are the fragrance of Christ. To some, it smells like death. And to some, it's life. But we need to get to a place where Jesus will not only get the, a seat at the table. He needs to get the highest place. Because the highest place we can be at is at the feet of Jesus. That's our highest place ever. You cannot go higher than that. Jesus' feet is your high position. There is no higher place. Heidi Baker, Mama Heidi, always says, rivers flow to low places. You want the river to flow, go low. Go low. And while we were worshiping, I felt like the Lord say, I really want to have a deep romance, deep romantic relationship with my people. And you need to understand this. In the school of evangelism, there will be nothing to give unless you get. You will have nothing to give anyone if you are not at the feet of Jesus on a daily basis. Because where do you get from to give? What is the source that you have in order to give? 
unless you spend time with Jesus, you will have nothing to give. What you will have is yesterday's bread. Jesus said, we need to pray like this. Our Father that art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you go on? We need to give us today our daily bread. Give us today daily bread. If you look at the story of Moses, they weren't even allowed to take manna from yesterday to today. Why? Because we need to be so dependent on God to feed us. You need to hear this today. Like you cannot live on yesterday's testimony only. Although testimonies are good, but you cannot live on yesterday's testimony only. You got to get a testimony today. You got to get a touch today. You got to get Jesus, the bread of life himself, to give himself to you in order for you to be fulfilled today. Otherwise, you'll love Jesus with your mouth, but your whole life will be in anxiety and depression. And you'll be anxious and frustrated and angry and in unforgiveness. Why? Because you haven't been fed. You're still sitting with last week's bread. Or last month. You've got to have bread today. You've got to eat today. And when you go to the King of Kings, you've got to go low and sit at His feet. Eric Gilmore said, often dry eyes means a hard heart. We need to get to a place where there is still weeping, not because we're sad, but because we're so in love with the King of Kings. And you see, the moment you see what Jesus has set you free from, that's what He said here, like, she has been forgiven of all of her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven of, love me very little. The pride of thinking that I only had a little bit of sin. That's why I can live like this. But there's a place where we need to know of how much we have been forgiven of in order to be completely in love. To a place where we say this is extravagant love to the Lord. Like this is a deep romance to the King of Kings. It's a place where we can run to the feet and weep and, and wipe His feet with, with our tears and kiss Him and never stop kissing Him. Not just doing a Simeon's welcome to my house. Lord, have a place at the table. Jesus wants a kiss and He wants you to never stop kissing Him. He doesn't want a place at the table. I bet if that prostitute invited Him to her house, He'd probably get up and leave. Because she has given him everything. And he demands everything. That is the gospel. The gospel is not, I'm giving Jesus 10%. It's giving him everything. Old Testament, you could give 10%. New Testament, everything belongs to him. Everything is your whole life. Lay down at the feet of Jesus to a place where we could see him. Because the more we behold Him, the more we become like Him. And I really felt in my heart like the Lord wants to bring you to that place where you can come. And I just want to say this now. I want to open the altar. 
This is probably the shortest sermon I've ever preached. I must say this quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, man. I just want to say this. The altar is open right now. Can we get the lights switched off, please? The altar is open. I want to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Everybody close their eyes. The reason I felt like the Lord wants to give this word this morning, a quick word, is because everybody needs to be on the same place where we are completely laid down at the feet. Because the busyness of life keeps us busy with the things of the Lord and then we don't spend time with the Lord. And even in this short two and a half days of School of Evangelism, I really want you to be switched off and have your heart posture to see Him and to know Him and to worship Him. And it needs to start today. The first day, it needs to start where we lay it all down. Because I bet there's many people in this room now that has been busy with things of God and they haven't been spending time with Him. And you say, oh, well, I have spent some time with Him, but God wants everything about you. He doesn't want a place at the table. He doesn't want to be invited into your heart and then just stay there and just get a seat and just sit down and be quiet and then I call you Lord, but actually I am my own Lord because I decide what I want to do and when I want to do it. But to a place of um, complete surrender to Jesus. Complete surrender to the Lord. And I need you now to examine your heart and see that place where you've lacked and slipped up in not spending time with Jesus. I really need you to see the immoral woman is actually you. The unclean one according to... Well, not now, but... Before you come to Jesus, that's you. And then you come and then He cleanses you and washes you and makes all things new. And I've recently heard this story of John Wilde where he sat at, at his, he's a worship leader at Jesus' uh, image in America, Michael Cleonos, where he sat at his desk and the Spirit of the Lord came to him and told him, John, you've been busy with the things of God, but you haven't been busy with me. And the conviction hit his heart. And you know, when a conviction comes to your heart, it's not God being angry at you. It's actually Jesus calling you and inviting you to come deeper and come higher to be with Him. God wants to be with you more than you want to be with Him. And you need to understand that. Because as an evangelist, we often cannot sit still for more than 20 minutes. We start reading the Bible and all of a sudden we remember of the messages that you need to still answer and the phone calls that you still need to make and the appointments that you still have and then we, we say, well, God will understand. We're going to read later. We're going to spend some time later with, with the Lord. But no, you need to be disciplined to get up early in the morning if you can do it at the evening and spend time with God. At least two hours and 24 minutes if you want to put it like that. But that you would come this morning and lay your life down completely, 
saying, Jesus, here I am. I am here in your service. I am a servant. I am your friend. I am your son. I am your daughter. I am in the house, Lord, but I want to lay down my life completely. I really want to spend time with you. I really want to get to that place. And this is John Wilds got up from behind his desk and he went straight to his piano and he started singing a song. The song's name is called Stripped It All Away. And, um, and as Werner is going to go, in, we're going to go into worship right now for the next 15 to 20 minutes. I want you to come lay your life down. If you haven't given your life to Jesus in your like completely, but you said, I want to do the school of evangelism. It looks amazing. This is nothing like you've ever seen before in your life. This is a place of purification, sanctification, holiness, getting clean, coming to know the Lord, coming to know the person of the Holy Spirit. This is that place where you need to lay down completely and be completely surrendered, filled with the power of God. And then you walk out of this place and you put what what you experience in your secret place. You put that on display for the world to see who the king it is that you serve. The altar is open. If you have anything that you need to lay down, please come. It's open for you. Lord, say, Lord, strip it all away. Strip everything away. Strip it all away. Strip it all away, Jesus. Jesus. Oh.